nothing specific. I'm talking with my man, uh, Timothy Allen Smith. Um, so, so Tim, we were talking about uh, the numbers. You, you were saying that California's model to deal with the coronavirus is uh, data-driven, based on statistics. What, what's that mean? Well, it's what certain benchmarks are hit, right? So, um, you know, they, they monitor right now very closely the number of new cases coming into every hospital, airport, and daily basis. Obviously, the number of people you know, who die from it. Um, and then the number of cases who require, um, who, are, who have symptoms and get a test and test positive, even though they don't necessarily have to be hospitalized. So, they're monitoring all those numbers on a daily basis. When those numbers reduced to a certain level, then certain states, certain businesses, certain types of businesses can open up. Um, and then when they get to the next benchmark, which is the next level now, um, then the next layer of businesses can open. So it'll be a gradual, a gradual reopening of the economy, but it's all data-driven. It's all based on the information that they get. So no one can arbitrarily say on May 15th, all hair salons are going to open. It's, you know, whenever the numbers hit a certain level, that's when those hair salons can open. And to me, that makes the most sense. Um, it's not a perfect system because you're not testing everybody. But, again, I have to keep saying this, this is not about people getting sick. The fear is not that people will get sick from this virus. That is not, the fear is not that people will just suddenly drop dead from this virus. That is not what this is about. This is, and I have to say this in as strong a term as possible for the people to start to realize this is a medical capacity issue. We just can't afford for X number of people to all get sick at the same time. And so we have to be very strategic in how we open things up because the only risk we have right now from this virus is that everybody gets it all at once and everybody from rest of the hospital all at the same time. And then everybody dies, not including, you know, Joe Schmo who had a heart attack who can't get in because he got 15. He got the, the ICU at 15 feet with COVID-19 patients. So this is a medical capacity problem that just lends itself to the numbers as opposed to, you know, some sort of scientific anomaly that we can't deal with. What's that number? What's that good number that allows you Californians to start going to the beach. What's what's that good number? It's been published. I don't know it off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. But I know you can look it up at the, um, you know, CAC.gov, whatever the, the, the state website is. It literally lists there what the benchmarks are that, you know, when we get to this number of cases, then we can open this up and blah, blah, blah. So the numbers are published that are not secret. Um, and as much as I want everything else to open up right now because this is a convenient for me, I do understand a data-driven approach. What I don't like about Georgia's approach is it's not data-driven at all. So you can't tell me that there's any reason, any justification for opening up things like hair salons and, and barbershops and sexy parlors where when there's no data to support. Why do we shut this down in the first place? Here's my here's my question. Here's my question. Your gym is closed, right? Yep. All gym is closed. So, 
Let's imagine tomorrow, the governor of uh, California. What's his name? He announces, ladies and gentlemen, California is safe. California is safe. Gyms are gyms are open. It's it's safe. He announces that. Let's in, let's imagine he announces it next week, next month, June, July, August. Will you go back to your gym based on his announcement? No. What? Wait, wait, wait. What is it that allows you to feel comfortable enough to go back to your gym? What needs to happen for you to feel comfortable enough to go back to your gym to allow your daughter to take part in social activities? What announcement needs to be made? What? Well, and there, there is no announcement for me. Two things. The data shows now that my daughter, if they open up my daughter's soccer practices right now, I'd let her go. Um, because the data has shown that younger children, healthy children, are at the least risk for being um, definitely ill, being made definitely ill for this virus. That's number one. And number two, data that we have has shown that outdoor activity is probably the best way to save off the virus in the sunniest warm environment. Okay, so those two things would allow me to say to my daughter, yes, she's going to soccer practice or play in a soccer game. I get it. Me not going to a gym has more to do with the fact that there's no standardized drug treatment protocol for this. So I don't need anybody to tell me the numbers are safe or whatever because I'm not, my health is not Russian roulette like that. I would only go back to my gym when there's a standardized health treatment protocol for those who do get the virus and who get sick enough to be. So right now, if you get sick, you have to go to the hospital. Depending on what doctor you get, they're guessing at how to treat it. So they just don't know. I mean, I, you, you don't know this about me, but um, in a former life, I was a research scientist um, working in the biopharmaceutical so. What I learned about science, what I know about science, is that it's slow, and there's no way to speed up the process. So right now, they're still learning about the virus. All the information that you read online and Facebook and all the sites that you see, it's all just guesses now. This virus does not have enough information data accumulated for anybody to be able to see anything with any sort of definitive um, with any sort of, of, of context right now. It's just not been around long enough. It is, and it's all just guessing. Everything you see and read online, every single thing is a guess. Some of them are educated guesses, absolutely. But it's all just guessing. When we get to the point where somebody says, okay, when you go to the hospital with COVID-19, this is the drug that we give you, then I will feel comfortable enough to go back to the gym. Because then I know at least there's a standardized protocol of treatment that I can count on that some doctor who could be a very good doctor or could be one that sucks is not going to be guessing as to how to treat what I have. And right now, they are all just guessing. All of them. Do you think... Tim, do you think life will will go back to normal 
normal being what we were experiencing here in America, you know, prior to, you know, coronaphobia. Do you think we will we will go back to normal? Um, I, I'm going to say no, but I'm going to caveat it by saying that I don't, I, I think that's inevitable anyway. Change is inevitable. So where you and I diverge a little bit in our thinking is that, yes, I do believe there's going to be certain things. Can you imagine in America where people are wearing masks? Well, um, again, again, bro, uh, you know, I, I, I really am almost afraid to say it. <laughs> I'm almost afraid to say it. But again, paradigm shift, bro. It's 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 a paradigm shift. It 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 it, it it's a cultural. But it is it, it has become and will become a culture on a, a, a normal part of American culture to wear masks. And it's happened overnight. That that's that's a par. Go ahead. But and, and not to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but that paradigm shift is one that already existed in other parts of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, I mean, most of my most of my paradigm shift talk has been has has been directed at us here in America. Though I do think that there there's going to be you know paradigm shift reverberations throughout the world, but most of the paradigm shift talk that I've been talking about, I feel you know I've been concentrating it on us here in America. Um, so you know that's 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 kind of my 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 perspective, and you know to 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 dovetail with what you were saying. You know, you, you said that no, you don't think everything is going to go back to normal. No, I, I I don't think so either. But I do think that this situation is going to have ramifications that like echo across every strata of society, like education, the economy, the medical system, um, you know, recreation, entertainment. Um, I think every stra- every sing- every strata of society is going to be irreversibly changed and affected by this coronavirus situation. Um, like we said earlier in part one, um, it's up to us individually how we look at that change. We, you know, it, it's just change. How we respond to it is what matters. And, you know, I think that across the board, it appears that things are going off in different directions. And, you know, that's okay because, like you said, all the information is not in. But it's great to go to the supermarket and see Americans wearing masks and observing a certain amount of decorum or um you know respect for 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 people's space and um you know i'm sure that i'm sure that this situation has had reverberations in terms of how americans conduct themselves as far as hygiene um you know the washing of the hands and all, all these things i think are positives of of what we're, what we're experiencing 
I will say this. I don't think they're positive or negative. I just think that they are just changes. Change is inevitable. Change is constant. And they, sometimes an event happens that you know, pushes us forward um, and, and forces some change on us that we may not have done so quickly. Um, so I'll give you a perfect example. So in L.A., everybody's wearing masks now, of course, they go to the market because that's, you know, that's what it is now. But we have designer masks now. <laughs> right. So if you go to the supermarket in L.A., you're not just seeing the blue, the pale blue surgical mask, right? You're seeing kids rocking straight-up designer masks. Now, Bro, I got one in the mail today. I got a designer mask today. <laughs> so... It's amazing how this thing, this pandemic, if you think about it, we've been on lockdown for a little over a month. So the conversation about, you know, the virus has been going on since February or whatever. Dude, it's not only April and we got designer masks. Like, you got one in the mail today, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. you know, that's the situation now. That, and, and this is only been a month and a half, maybe two months. Shout out my man. Shout out my man, Anton. Anton Leather, New York City. Anton sent me in the mail today. A python mask with a built-in, a blue python mask with a built-in respirator with adjustable straps. It is crazy. <laughs> and you got, like, people are, are, are putting together outfits with matching masks. I mean, it's, it's crazy how quickly our capitalist system, our consumer-based economy can adjust. That's why when when I'm talking to you and and, and we get into sort of this, I, I, you know, the stuff that you're saying is very true. Everything's a paradigm shift. But just every once in a while, you'll lean into this sort of doomsday-ish sort of um, interpretation of today's events. And then I go outside to see that within 90 days, you got designer masks all available on every street corner in LA and then you got this dude I was at my uh, I was taking my walk I was on a run the other day and there's this black dude in a cart literally going door to door selling masks that's in LA within 90 days of this whole thing starts that's fantastic and I'm seeing a dude in Philly and again this is this is something I'm saying on the videos I don't know all the circumstances but at bottom line dude called a straight up beat down we're getting on a bus without a mask. I saw that. My my, it's so <laughs> funny, bro. It's so funny how things come full circle. My Vietnamese girlfriend and she called me the she called me the day that happened. She called me and said, Trevor, it happened in Philly. She called me and said, Trevor, you know one of my fr- not one of my friends, but um, today in the news here in 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 Philly, some dude got beat up for not wearing a mask on the bus. Crazy. <laughs> All, people are going to behave like idiots. People are going to behave, you know, properly. It's all just the circumstances around it that change. But I don't think there's any true fundamental shift in the way that we treat each other, the way that we act. It's just that, you know, these are the rules of the game today. Now it's about wearing a mask, you know what I'm saying? And, and I, you know, the kid gets beat up and silly for not wearing one. And, and now we got kids that want to get bullied because all you got is a 50 cent surgical mask. And I got to fly, you know, Giorgio Armani designer, you know, <laughs> to match my outfit. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's like, you know, having the right pair of Jordans or when we were kids having the gazelle glasses. You know what I mean? It's, it's all just another thing that we can consumerize and make it into part of our lexicon and 
you know, there's a comfort in that because it's no different than anything else that we do in this country. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe even as much as there's a paradigm shift, there's just another example of how valuable our economy is. And it'll just change, you know, that I, speaking about gyms, you mentioned gyms before, I don't know that gyms are ever going to come back to the same level as they were because I think a lot of people are just going to be scared. And they're going to get used to working out outside of places like L.A. anyway, where the weather's like year-round. You're not going to have people go flocking back to the gym because they've discovered that they can go for a freaking walk. Uh, they can do push-ups in the park, you know what I'm saying? It's not, there's not going to be this desire to just rush back to the gym because we weren't truly locked in the house. We were allowed to go outside and people are sitting. The one thing about going outside is it's free. So gyms might be in trouble. They may not come back the way they were. Um, and that's okay because something else will come up to replace them. You know what I'm saying? And gyms will go out of business and there'll be something else that can stand up in its place. It's just that's the way our economy, that's the way our country, that's the way our culture is. And I think this is just another example of, you know, Darwinism in the form of, of our economy. So me and you, bro, me and you are boys. We're on the corner. We're 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. We're in New York. We're in Philly right now. And we're watching this whole thing go down. And I turn to you and I say, yo, Tim, yo, how can we make some money off of this, man? What can we do? How can we get some loot? How can we come up off this joint? What is your answer to me? And this is where it's hard for me because my business, my industry is the one that's impacted the most. Because you got to remember, I make all of my money based on live events. So, do you ask me how to come up off of this? With my skill set, it's hard, man. It's hard. Well, that, that's what I'm asking you, you know, because you and I have very similar skill sets you know we work in the same industry we we you know like me as an actor uh, you know i'm wondering yo trevor are is film production and television production like f- finished like you know because because they've got Let to you know go ahead and, and because that that's the key your part your side of the business is set it's gold it's the live events that will suffer because people, once again, are going to be scared to go out and learn truth for a while. Well, but, but my point, it. my point, sorry to interrupt, but my point is that I'm experiencing the same anxiety as you because, okay, you being a writer, producer, you've got to worry about an audience coming to see your show. Will they be willing to sit next to each other? You know, will they, you, you, go, you know, right. but, but same thing with me as an actor, I've got to worry about our producers and directors and other actors and the Screen Actors Guild willing to allow crews of 70 and 80 people to get together to, to, to make film productions. I mean, you know, we, we, it, it, it's the same exact issue as yours I, and I you know you said my my situation is set bro I wish it's different only in that for me to make a living I need several thousand people to show up to see my show for you to make and, and I've seen this happen already the film industry will come back because again you're talking about getting from 70 people together to make a movie that hasn't happened yet granted so all that shut down right now but that will come back relatively quickly. 
and it will get back to normal and there'll be an increased need for content because the live side of the business will be lagging so far behind. So you won't have a concert to go to for a while, maybe not until the fall of 2021. So between now and the fall of 2021, all you're going to have are movies and TV shows and things that stream on, you know, the Netflix and the Hulu of the world. So all of the digital side of the business, the film side of the business, the TV side of the business is going to blow up over the next year because there's going to be no live event alternative. Broadway is fucked. That's just surreal. But because there's no Broadway, there's going to be an increased need for content for all of the services I just described plus the others. So people like yourself, even though right now everything's dead, once things come back, the opportunity is going to be there. So again, <clears throat> again, let's talk to the average cat. You know, the, the cat who isn't a, a um, you know, um, a playwright, the cat who isn't an actor, you know, just 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 dudes in the in, in, in the city, you know, dudes hus- who, who, you know, they were waitresses at the lo- I mean, they were waiters at the local restaurant or, or they were, you know, or whatever they were. They were personal trainers or whatever, you know, those guys yeah. whose industries have been decimated. How can how can we make some money off this, dude? How, besides making and selling masks, what other services or products do you think the black community in particular could sort of coalesce around to, to, to recreate the kind of self-sufficient black communities that we had before um, integration and segregation? You know, what, what, what kind of economy could arise you know, in terms of it being a sort of, um, you know, what, what, what do they call it? A groundswell movement or a, yeah. do you understand what I'm saying? What can brothers do to make some money right now? I think that the key is ingenuity and, and that's where, you know, I, I don't have a definitive answer, right? Because this is also new. But these, like, let's just use the personal trainer as an example, right? So the gyms don't necessarily come back but if you're a hustler, if you're a personal trainer who has a hustle fee, you realize you don't need to do. If people, if your client, who and the gym is probably taking 75% of that income anyway, so if you have, you know, four clients that are, you know, your gym clients, right, and you can only keep two of them, well, you're going to make more money anyway because now you're getting 100% of whatever they were paying as opposed to 25% because the gym took most of it. So, if you're a personal trainer, you got to have muscle, but then you go train them in the park. You buy yourself some equipment, and you train your clients one at a time, as opposed to being stuck in a gym with 25 people, you're in a, in a room with one, or you just go outside, you know what I'm saying? Or you teach online classes, you put stuff on video, and you sell the video to your clients, give, you know, for whatever, and then they can, the Peloton is a, is a, is a perfect example of how their revenue has gone up like 35%. Because all of their classes, they teach the people over the internet. Like, it's basically a spin class, but you do it from your home, and you do it in front of your TV or whatever, and, and, and you follow the class along right in your living room by yourself. So if you're a, a personal trainer, you set up things like that. YouTube's free. You create your YouTube videos, and you get them out to your clients, and, and you monitor them once a month with daily check-ins. I'm just making stuff up, but it's all going to come down to who has the most hustle and who's willing to 
be flexible. If you're all, if, if your personal trainer and your entire livelihood relying on people coming back to Equinox, then you're fucked. I'm sorry, that's just you are. You're gonna have to get a new line of work. Do you? But if you got the muscle trainer, you could actually adjust to make money. Go ahead. Do you think the entertainment that comes out of this thing is all going to be a reflection of this thing? Do, do, do you think that there's, you know, that, uh, like after, for example, after 9-11, there were, you know, there were terrorist movies and, uh, you know, do you think that the entertainment industry the writers and the creators are going to um, include, you know, are, are we going to see a bunch of COVID-19 movies? Are we going to see a bunch of, you know, characters with COVID-19? Uh, you know, are we going to... You as a writer I, I yourself, are, are do you... Do you... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's interesting because as a writer, as a creator, one of our responsibilities is to tell the story of our time, right? So that, you know, historically speaking, when somebody looks at my stuff a thousand years from now, they'll get a feel for the era in which I live. So there's that responsibility. But I, I, to me, as a creator, that's laziness. You know what I mean? Anybody's going to sit. So, yes, there's going to be coronavirus songs, there's going to be coronavirus movies. There'll be a TV show about people being on quarantine and locked in a house for, you know, 30 days or whatever. There'll be all that stuff. To me, that's just that's low-hanging fruit. It's almost too easy. It doesn't really interest me. Um, now, if there's an interesting take on it, then I'd, I'd love to see it. But just to do it for you know the sake of doing it, it's just too easy. So I mean, that's lazy. I will say though that I was watching a TV show earlier before we had this chat, and um, it was a hospital show. It's one of those that was one called The Resident. And just casually, one of the doctors threw out the line, this isn't coronavirus. I'm speaking about something else. And that's the only mention that they had of it throughout the entire show. But what I realized is it's already a part of the lexicon. Like, that line would have never been in that show. Never been in that show had it not been for what's going on today. That, to me, sounds like... All he like, said was, this is about the coronavirus. That's, that's... Everybody now knows what that is. Yeah, that, you know... <laughs> you know, it, like I said, man, it's 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 changing everything. You know, it's it's changing everything. It's it's like a tsunami, man. Except it's a, it isn't like you know geographically centered. It's like global. It's it's like a universal cultural tsunami. This coronavirus thing, and you know, it's 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 exactly like a tsunami in that you know every inch of the earth. Is, is being affected by it in one way or another and you know we have we have we as humans we have ch- we have the you know we have the choice we have the that's that's what separates us from the animal kingdom is we're able to like you know make a conscious decision and and, and weigh the benefits and you know the, the 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 pros and cons and things and decide for ourselves how we're going to react rather than just reacting you know we we we, we've got we've got the ability to make the decision for ourselves 
how we're going to behave um, and how we're going to carry ourselves while this thing unfolds around us. And, you know, almost everything that you've said is is positive. Almost every everything that you've said can be looked at as being a positive way to respond to what's going on rather than you know, going off on the deep end, going off into crazy, you know, end of the world scenarios or just cowering in your bedroom underneath your bed being scared to death or, you know, spreading bad news and, and you know, or disobeying the, the mandates that have come down, the social distancing and things like that. You know, your perspective um, from the beginning has really been balanced and positive. You know, I remember a week into it on your Facebook page, you posted, hey, I went outside today and it was amazing, you know, and, and you, you, you posted some things about have, walking around in your neighborhood and seeing families walking around there in Pasadena. And, you know, it, it's it's sure it's isolating in a way. But there are still no laws against just going outside. And I think if people do that, just go outside, take a look at the sky, take a look at the trees, breathe the air, just go outside. I think it would make a world of difference in everybody's level of sanity. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny, a friend of mine said to me the other day, and I, I guess everybody keeps referring to it as isolating, and she said to me, and she found it to be absolutely liberating. Because, you know, again, you live in LA, you know how it is here, and it's probably the same in Atlanta, and you're from New York, which is probably where this originated. Everybody always has somewhere to be. It's never a case where you don't have somewhere to go. And all of a sudden, overnight, nobody in LA. Nobody in Atlanta, nobody in New York has anywhere to be. It's just when you're outside, you're just outside. And that's liberating. I mean, there's no other way to look at it. You know, it's the irony, the irony in that, and I was telling this to my wife the other day, the irony in that is that people spend 75% of their adult life complaining about their jobs and now that they've got so much free time, people are dying to get back to work, which to me is just evidence of how fickle and uncertain human beings are about their own lives. They don't know what they want. You know, they, 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 you know, they're kind of getting what they want in a way, a vacation that the government is paying them for. And they don't want, you know, they, they don't want that. But were they to have to go back to work tomorrow, in two months, people would be remembering this time with reverence. People would be remembering these days and weeks of not having to wake up at any specific time, being able to hang out in their pajamas all day, being able to take it easy, the rent not having to be paid, the electricity bill, whatever, these bill, the student loans not having to be paid. There's going to be a moment, if the economy gets back up and running 100%, where people are going to look back on these days as the great pause of the 20th century, the 21st century, the great pause where everybody was able to stop, look around, literally breathe the air, and take it easy. So, you know, my, my, my perspective is yours. It's, you know, try to find what's good about it 
But at the same time, you know, just be careful. Just, just, just be careful. Yeah, use your common sense. I mean, honestly, listen, I, I'm, I'm a socially distant cat anyway. <laughs> so, to me, the whole social distancing thing, I wear a mask and do, but I, I can fall right into it with everybody else in mind. But, you know, use your common sense. The, the virus is not going to kill you instantaneously. And here's the thing, like you just said, this is an opportunity. You know, this is, this will be as most of the people when this is over, and it's going to be over, it's not going to last forever. But most of the people are going to look back at it and realize how much time they wasted. They're going to want to have another pump because they're going to say to themselves, I wish I had taken more advantage of this time off. And I just wish all of my friends, yourself included, I just don't want any of us to say that. I want all of us to be like, listen, I was, I had no time to work on this script um, before this happened. And this is my opportunity to get the damn thing done. So get it done. You know what I'm saying? And whatever it is for you, for anybody else, don't let this opportunity pass you by and then look back and say, well, I can't wait until the next pandemic because the next <laughs> <laughs> I want to really buckle down and get my shit together uh, because I blew it this time. Sitting around and, and, you know, playing on Facebook or watching Netflix. This is an opportunity. To, you know, even if it's just reconnecting with your daughter or your family or your wife or whatever, this is the opportunity to do it. And if you let this pass, get somebody to blame but yourself because the fear and all that stuff, here's, here's the deal. If the world's ending, it's going to end. It ain't that you can do about it. So, you know what I mean? In the history of the world, no single problem has ever been solved by worrying. Tim, Tim, man, you, I, 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 there's nothing I can add, bro. I can't, I can't add anything more to that. You've said, you, you've said it all, man. You've said it all, brother. I, I so appreciate talking to you, man. Um, we got to do the show. We got to do the show where, you know, when this is, when this is behind us, we're going to put captive up here in Atlanta. I'm going to, I'm going to hold you to your word, bro. I'm going to, I'm going to find a theater. You're going to find, you're going to send me, uh, the character breakdowns. I'm going to hold the, I'm going to, you know, at least get the actors and you're going to fly out here. We're going to hold auditions and we're going to put that show up, man. Dude, I'm going to put that on my quarantine list. When captive. Atlanta that's officially a goal of mine now I'm all about it and as far as my film and the table read we'll talk about that uh, off the record man yeah yeah honestly I just want to keep you on track you have a script the next logical step is get a table read together so that you can hear it and record it and do whatever you want with it but this is an opportunity to do stuff like that man there's plenty of actors sitting around doing nothing so let's put them to work I've been talking to Timothy Allen Smith, world-famous author, thinker, father. This is Trevor David Houchin. Nothing specific. 